Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land, and welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Well, happy 60th anniversary to Disneyland, or, you know, well, happy early start to the anniversary celebration. Disneyland has survived its 24-hour day for this year, and July 17th is coming up soon. It's been an amazing 60 years of the Jungle Cruise and all the other stuff that happens to be there. So there is no better skip to sit down with for a historical episode than a man of letters, Dr. David Marley, also known as Skipper David Marley. Besides being one of the few truly learned men ever to work on the Rivers of Adventure, he's also taught a class on the history of Disneyland, and he is the driving force behind the Skipper stand-up shows. He's truly a -a one-of-a-kind sort of guy, so of course we needed to get him a -a one-of-a-kind sort of cohort for an episode like this. So our good pal Trevor Kelly swings by to bounce some stories with us. That was a fun bunch of laughs with these guys, and they even talk about their book on the Jungle Cruise that they are writing together. One of the great things about this interview is that we do chat about Skipper stand-up, which is making its triumphant return on July 12, 2015. The Skipper is going to be taking over the Brea Improv, and you can be there. Uh, we do have details over at the Jungle Cruise Facebook page, facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, or you can go over to facebook.com slash show. Uh, for direct information about tickets for the show. We do also have some spanking new t-shirts available on the Facebook page, including some tributes to a certain archaeologist and a brand new logo shirt for the podcast. As always, if you are a skipper or know a skipper who might want to appear on the show, please drop me a line at junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, at gmail.com. All right, here's the first part of our chat with uh, David and Trevor, Season 4, Episode 21. We sit down with David Marley and Trevor Kelly in an episode we like to call Adjacent to Greatness. Kungaloosh, everyone. like do you want to get some pizza and so i'm like oh yeah yeah let's get some let's get some pizza thing like and he's probably thinking we're gonna get some good new york pizza yeah. he goes where do you want to go to get pizza and i go sabaros and so we go to sabaros in times square to get pizza and we don't even like there's like seats at the window so you can look at times square uh-huh. we don't even eat i want to go down into the basement <laughs> and eat sabaros pizza and like it didn't dawn on me until years later like you fucking idiot well like, as as a seven or eight year old i could see this was not seven or eight this was oh, like oh. 14 <laughs> yeah, maybe i know, I know. <laughs> this was last week i'm saying that because i've heard this, i think i might have heard the story before. probably wow. yeah i tell it a lot because it ended up being on the office uh whatever steve Carell's characters yeah was he goes to times square and he he goes to like his favorite pizzeria, and it was it's the Sabaros. Oh no! Like, oh, oh, that's gotta I'm hurt. Big of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they drew inspiration from or your story. They so. just yeah. me around. I, I feel sorry because 
you know, you know the podcast history a little bit because mm-hmm. you were there pretty much from the start. And so at the start of this, it was me and Benny and Kaz because mm-hmm. Benny was leaving town. And I just kind of was like, fuck, I got this microphone. I might as well, you know, yeah. sit and chat with them and, and listen to their story. And we didn't even plan a podcast. It was just let's just talk about stuff yeah. before Benny leaves. So we sit down and, and so I tell all of the same stories. So then, you know, I record Dave Casella and a bunch, you know, Chris Hames, yeah. Chris Ramirez. So all these people I know and – I don't realize that I'm telling pretty much the same story because I figured they haven't heard it. Well, after three and a half years of this, I've told a couple of the stories four or five, six times, and there are people who've gone through and listened to everything. <laughs> yeah. And of course, for you know, when you find a new podcast, what do you do? You start from episode one, which is not the place to start with this podcast because it's it was not the audio quality, <laughs> yeah. it was not anything. Yeah. Some of them so, are better than others. I feel I feel sorry for people who had to hear my Rebecca Remain Stamos or my Michael Jackson story like four times. <laughs> have you have I ever told you my Michael Jackson? <laughs> I just turn it on. <laughs> I'll edit things and, you know, edit your Sbarro story out. Oh, you're recording already? Yeah, I just, oh, it, yeah. I just turned right. it on. I just turned right. it on because, you know. I'll keep the swearing to a minimum. Yeah, right. Uh, fuck that, by the way. <laughs> All right. it, this is not a Disney podcast. This is okay. a uh, jungle podcast. So right. the language barriers are off. We have uh, explicit language warnings on, on do you? iTunes okay. so people know. You do? Yeah. Well, it says explicit in like a few of them. So. Okay, I didn't know. I'm clean. I work clean. I don't know. Yours, yeah. Your podcast always had Every it on there one of just them. to be safe. Yeah. Because I'd listen to it and like the girls would come in and I'd turn it down. I'm like, nothing. But then it'd be clean. I'm like, I could have played this whole thing. Some of them were like swear free. Like, yeah. it wasn't bad, but. A lot of it was poop. Yeah. I think you figured better safe than sorry. Oh, the pizza's here. Freud would have had a field day with our podcast. You remember my wife? Yeah, we haven't seen I, her. I, I, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have met them, so. It, which which message are you not? Oh well, after recording it, why? It's about what a good guy you are. It's, oh, okay. a, it's a Kyle's a good guy story. Is that something you want to record or something you no, not no, want to we'll record? Erase that. I don't want to ruin. <laughs> it's, okay. it's it's taken me years to get this reputation and yeah, and you've ruined it. I, yeah. I have the power to destroy it. Yeah, I'm. Please don't. You don't remember? I don't remember. You ever remember the story? Was I drunk? I said, don't tell Kyle. <laughs> You're like, why? What is it? Because I, I want to tell him when we when we do the podcast. I, oh. I, See, I was actually putting it on just because I thought it'd be funny to tell people that there was a story and then yes. have there not be one. No, there is. See, I thought there was there irony. Is. There is. It's about um, um, Theme Park Press. Okay. And um, uh, I got an email from... Um, yeah, from the guy from Theme Park Press. That yeah, because, oh, I asked him about I'm um, doing um, indexing work. He needed mm-hmm. some bit indexing for some uh, whole collection of books, and I can do them. This is one of my skills that is irrelevant. I'm a great indexer mm-hmm. of books. I do a killer index. And I'm like, I can totally do that for you. And you know, and he's like, Oh, what's your Disney stuff? I'm like, Oh, I used to, you know, be a skipper, and I, you know, I did skipper stand up, and I'm working on a book right now. And he's like, You and sends me back an email, just says, You're the guy. I'm like, what guy? And he said that he has these two Jungle Cruise books, and he talked to you about them. Yeah. And he said there was a, he said there was a guy, and a friend of his, and he didn't want to stab him in the back and like take the deal, and so he turned me down. He goes, But I gave him your information goes, too. He so. goes, But you're the guy. I'm like, I'm the guy. So. And I don't know if we're going to do them or not, because this book is still still alive. Mm-hmm. It came back from the dead. The Santa Monica yeah. Press is very interested. So Disney well, isn't, because they won't make enough money. That was the quote. And you know what could be and funny? By the time the podcast airs, we'll listen to that, but we'll be homeless on the street. Yes, because <laughs> it will have all failed. It will have all failed. Well, but, but hold we'll on. We're working here at the morning. <laughs> See, the, the thing is, Trevor, I, I no longer have those three-month breaks. Between oh, you don't. Vacations. This might go up before I, Christmas? This is, is going to go up next week, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, I am, been, it's I am, been pretty... I am 20... Yeah. 
22 or 24 weeks on the every other week schedule now. Dear yeah, Lord. almost a full year of every other. It's been really pretty consistent, which has surprised me among everyone else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had any crazy life experiences. I haven't been in the hospital with kidney stones. Okay. Uh, well, we know. can change that. Yeah, <laughs> we can take care of that. I'll be waking up in a bath bathtub with ice around me <laughs> tomorrow. Have some more of this pizza stuff. Yeah, have some more of the pizza, then my heart will clog, and it'll mm-hmm. that'll put me into the uh, yep. into the hospital. We can tie some buoys to you; they'll never find you in the harbor. They won't. Right? Tie, tie some tie some girlies to me too. I don't want it to be uh, washing up with buoys attached to me. I want girlies right. and buoys. Buoys and buoys. We can arrange that. Buoys and boobies. It's good times. Yep. That's another story that that'll fall into the uh, jo- the stories I've told too often on the podcast about the the white white breasted booby dock hand thing. Okay, where there's there was a I was there was a joke where you pull, pull up the dock. I'm like over helping you unload the boat are our two white breasted boobies. It was you know some like idiots, mm-hmm. and of course there was a woman with gigantic augmented uh. breasts and a white sweater in back of the smokestack that I didn't see. And as she got off, that was what I said, and she just glared and went right to Jerry and just ah, complained nice. about it. So ah, classic. It was just like instant karmic feedback <laughs> for, my, for my hubris. Uh, well, so since we're three minutes into recording, so um, this is a great day for me on the podcast side, Dave, because I have, uh, ever since we started this, I've had in my back of my, my head that I wanted to have you on at some point. The the infamous and uh, and well-loved uh, Skipper David Marley is with us today. Thank you very much. Uh, and Thank on, you for having me. Yes. And on the other side of it, uh, making his triumphant uh, return... Uh, I think you're beating Mike Robles's four appearances now, or three appearances now with your fourth. Have I been on this four times? Yeah. yeah. That's how awesome you are. Wow. Yeah. I said we I were, do it We were cross promoting your podcast a lot <laughs> That's earlier. Right. That's we, right. We, we were discussing uh, Joan Rivers before she passed away, her anatomy. We were discussing. Uh, That's right. There were many of those early episodes where we didn't have a clue what we were all about. One hand washes the other. Yeah. I seem to recall there was not very much talk of Jungle Cruise on me. Not, and the early ones were not as much, but they were so entertaining. Uh, a lot of humping Joan Rivers talk, I think. <laughs> and it was just I, disturbing. I think we were making fun of uh, Superstar Limo. Yeah. I think uh. that was. But the other cool thing about today um, is that it, as we're recording this, it is the 21st of May. And as we all know, Disneyland's 60th anniversary uh, is, is t- wait, tomorrow. Isn't that what they said? It's yes. May 20. What the? F- it's July 17th. Why the hell are they celebrating it on May 22nd? I'm sure there was some sort of scheduling <laughs> conflict. <laughs> was, was, family, was July 17th taken for this year? In my family, we have a birthday festival, so it's like a whole week. Oh, they get like 18 months. So I months. think they took, yes. Well, like, they, are, they are doing an 18-month anniversary year. For the 50th. Which I think Disney is now thinking, we have this and, Tomorrowland movie, so we can actually warp time. <laughs> and I think we should... Uh, I don't know. As a former cast member, I couldn't be more excited not to be working the twenty-four-hour shift. I'm just like every I, time. I hear that, I'm like, "Thank you, Jesus, that I don't work there." Like, well, it's, it's a twenty-four so hour Dave, party. No, nope, no, it's so not. Dave, no, I, it's I, not. I do have to tell you, cast members do not work that long of shift because they're not allowed overtime anymore. That's oh, really? so. Uh, yeah, basically, they have to work under twenty-nine hours if they're not full time. Oh, Otherwise, they can be written up and tossed on a single. Interesting. Because they don't want to pay them the uh, Obamacare rules. Yeah, so. you can't have let people have health insurance because they'll oh, live God, longer no. and. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. This is going to turn into like a Rush Limbaugh yes. podcast. So the, the thing I, Jack the thing, the founding fathers <laughs> never intended the poor to live beyond the age of 40. The thing I liked about you, Dave, is that you, you, you are not a strongly opinionated person, which makes you perfect for this podcast. I'm not. I have no opinions on it. I am, I am pushed by the gentlest breeze. <laughs> like a leaf in the breeze. Like, like a leaf in the breeze. 
Whatever people want to believe, that's cool. Just be my friend. That's all I want. That's all I want. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no. So I mean, so what I'm thinking is that besides having this great discussion, because you are a, uh, a Disney historian, or at least Jungle Cruise historian, but yeah, but you you know in. you know a lot about it. You taught classes, yeah. on the history of Disneyland. So I thought, besides chatting about your story about how you you know came to work for the company, your exciting adventures your misanthropic moments, whatever we want to chat about, we can also have a little discussion about 60th anniversary because it is right around the yeah. corner, according to Disney marketing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like President's birthdays. It's like Washington's birthday, but it's really not his birthday. Yeah, they maybe just kind of merged a bunch into. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Walt's birthday, maybe? I don't know. No, but anyway. December. So what's December? Yeah. yeah. Did he die like right before his birthday? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, that's terrible. Makes that's it easier horrible. to do the math on how old he is, though. Well, that's, you got to respect. <laughs> that's that. convenient. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, but you know, but it, it's tough. All the people who have their birthdays and then Christmas, they get screwed out of you know the extra Christmas. Yeah. Uh, then Walt dies, so he gets screwed out of both his birthday and a Christmas. That's true. So it's and like, he selfishly well, ruins Christmas for everybody. Else. Uh, <laughs> selfishly got lung cancer. Jerk. I think that, to die. Was that was that the year that Santa Claus skipped? I, I saw that uh, documentary about the year without a Santa Claus. That was that was the. Was that 66? 1966 was the year? That was the year he died. Uh-huh. Yeah, Spoiler alert. And I was born in February, three months later. Or so, like two and a half months later. So the spirit went into you. I Re- think I could be... I, I, other than the fact that I have no talent whatsoever, I would say yes, that's true. <laughs> um, but you but got I swam. Heart, kid. That's right. I got gumption. <laughs> um, I did swim in Walt Disney's pool, though. Oh. That's my, my, my childhood claim to fame. Wow. My uh, my dad worked for Baskin Robbins, and they used to have a deal where um, they'd put out Disney would put out a movie, and what are you laughing? Yeah. I was like, they have a deal where you could swim in his pool. You could swim in his pool. <laughs> hey kids, come to Walt's house. That's a weird deal. That, that was um, <laughs> that's the worst promotional flavor it ever. Is. It is. Chlorine crunch. Chlorine crunch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, Baskin Robbins had a deal with Disney where they'd put out a movie, and then they'd have an ice cream flavor. That went along with the movie. Okay. And I remember the – and I loved it. People hate this movie. But I, if, if anyone's seen this movie, I will give either one of you a dollar. Is it Birdman or Condor Man? Condor Man. How do you oh, know a Condor oh, Man? Oh, wow. Called it. Wow. It was, oh, you were not old enough to remember Condor Man. Psychic. Um, Condor Man and the ice cream, it was Condor Man Crunch. And I, I enjoyed I, both And what year, what year was that? had to be 80 or 81. I was 10 years and old, I, so I remember it. And I got to go to Disney Studios, and we got to watch it in the in the, in the the there in the studio. I have a little premiere in their theater. Mm-hmm. And as a little kid, that was just the coolest thing ever. But since my dad was friends with the executive from Disney, we spent a weekend in Palm Springs. Oh, at, the Palm Springs. At Walt's. Yes. Yeah, because I was going to ask if yeah. it was the Los Feliz one. Have you ever seen I've pictures been there. of that? Because it, it sold last year for like $8 million or something. Yeah, I was it's in it last gorgeous. I was in it in May. Oh. We had a party, a Disney historian a group that I belonged to. We had an evening party there, mm-hmm. and that was surreal because uh, I taught what Dave Smith, you know, the archivist. Yeah, I, former, I get to meet Dave. Um, he said I created the very first history of Disneyland class ever mm. that's specifically on Disneyland, which made it hard to steal somebody's syllabus because yeah. I had to start from scratch. <laughs> uh, good news, it was every, they got a day on Jungle Cruise because that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I thought I was an expert about Disney, and I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Disneyland. And, yeah. I'm, and then I went to this historian conference, and everybody at the table had a Facebook page or a uh, Wikipedia page about them, mm-hmm. and all of them knew Walt. Yep. Like, so what do you do? I'm like, I swam in his pool when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> in, in third grade, rather. You guys remember Condor Man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to brag, but my dad, Condor Man Crunch, that's, 
That's family trade secret. I, uh, so I, what, what do I have? I have great humility. That's what I have. Right. It was yeah. It was it was an amazing, humbling experience. I I went with another former skipper, who you should have on the show, Mike Poocher. Uh, well, Mike and I we've tried. Mike um, Mike and I trained at great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Together. Did you really? We were oh. co co trainees and. Uh, yeah. Oh, awesome. I, I like Michael. He's because well, he, he's the other he's good people. He's, see, he he's done everything well that I've wanted to do in my life. <laughs> uh, photography, check. Uh, Jungle Cruise trainer, check. Uh, great guy, check. He kind of uh, he, yeah. he's a great guy. I like him. A he lot. is. He is. He's amazing. He got me into this group. Yeah. But yeah, so you're sitting around this table with all these. I'm tying back into where he paused. Oh yes. Before, so. What pause? What pause? Um, so yeah. So you're sitting around this table. Some... I'm guessing the. The creme de la creme of the uh, the Disney historical world, and just yeah, and living history. And so Mike politely blew me off to go sit it with Tony Baxter at oh, his uh, table. And so I was literally standing with my tray of food, feeling like an idiot. And his and I'm like, well, I'll sit next to this old lady who's sitting by herself. And so I sit next to her. It was Alice Davis, <laughs> Disney legend Alice Davis. I'm just happened to be sitting next to her having lunch. I'm like, oh, that's. Awkward, and then the guy. Well, you know, you gravitated toward the only woman in the room, so that's, you know, that's, that's, that says something. Because I'm a player, and um, uh, this guy sits next to me. I'm like, oh, um, it's nice to meet you. What do you do? He's like, oh, I'm a movie producer. I'm like, oh, well, what's what's the latest thing you've produced? He's like, oh, I did Maleficent. Comes out next week. I'm like, oh, isn't that great? And so we become friends on Facebook. And the next, so one Saturday we're having lunch together. The next Saturday, I'm scrolling through my newsfeed on Facebook, and there's a picture of him and Angelina Jolie at the premiere in London. I'm like, we, I sat next to him. And uh, so it was all of these people. I immediately felt just like the pool story didn't work no. when you're seven. They didn't, I, I, they I think, didn't care. I th- I've always it was great. I've always taken moments from the from the discussions and podcasts to find the title. Uh, I think I could find. I bet adjacent to greatness would be a good one. That, that would there be yes, yes. Adjacent um, to greatness. I, I, I have uh, <clears throat> my brain went, you know, because I have I, I met Dave Smith once when I went up when I was a cast member, mm-hmm. and I just happened to be you know walking around up in. Um, uh, up north, and so I'm by that room where they have the ar- the old archives, uh-huh. with, and so I'm looking at, and I'm peeking my head in, not thinking that I should be doing it. And I had someone who I was dating at the time. I don't remember who it was, and uh, there was one of the original maquettes from Fantasia, the the, the hippo mm-hmm. with the the ballerina tutu, and. You know, I, I do have what is crossing into a minor religious-sized fetish for hippos lately, uh, as is apparent by thing. T-shirts. Yes, yeah, everyone has a spirit animal. Mine's a hippo. Um, so I'm, I'm, like, poking my head in, and then I just kind of, like, open the door just a smidge to look at it. And I hear this coughing behind me, and it's Dave Smith. And he's like, oh, come on, and we'll take a look. And that, so I thought I had been caught, so my, you know, uh, my yeah. jaw hit the floor. But I went in and talked to him for, like, half an hour about jungle, and it was... Great. So I've thought in the past, like, God, I should reach out and I should try to get him yeah. on the show. And then I realized of all of his encyclopedic Disney knowledge, I'm going to sit and talk to him for an hour about Jungle Cruise. <laughs> seems, seems like there's a lot more that I could talk to him That's about. all right. He would probably uh, love not, you know, not being asked how many right. spots were on each Dalmatian and what was the, yeah, at what exact moment in time was Walt born. And yeah, he would love to probably. Yeah. Yeah, go off the off the track a bit. So who else was there? I mean, that seems like an awesome room. Um, so like Don Ham, the producer, mm-hmm. was there, and um, Tom Cito, the famous animator, yep. and Tony Baxter was there. Uh, the head of all the different archives departments was there. Bob Gurr. Um, no, Bob Gurr wasn't there. He, he apparently um, on Sunday they they you know the the railroad society mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they just bought back one of the original rainbow. Canyon Mine Trains, mm-hmm. and they're going to restore it and have it up at the Railroad Society when they do their, oh, their, up at their the, monthly. Oh, the farm, up at, yeah. up at the Griffith Park. Oh, that's oh, kind of cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ub Iwerks 
granddaughter was there. She she's uh, helped produce the new documentary on Walt Disney that's coming out on PBS Jeez. this fall. And so a bunch of yeah movers and shakers, and uh, it was very surreal because I was there on a weekend, and then the next Monday I started teaching my history of Disneyland class. Yeah, and it was very cool that my head was just. I went from feeling like I knew everything to feeling like I knew nothing <laughs> about anything because he's. Guys, we're talking about having lunch with Walt, and, and uh, it was neat. Uh, the whole point of it was they keep it kind of small, mm-hmm. and um, it's more for kind of networking and helping with projects. And, uh, you know, they don't want people geeking out, so they keep it kind of tiny. Yeah. And I wanted to meet um, Andres Deja, the great animator who did Jafar and, mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of other people. And I'm like, I got no reason to talk to him. I just want to go geek out. So I'm not – I'll be cool because Mike kept saying, be cool, be cool. So I was like, oh, I'll be cool, and I won't hassle him. So we're at Walt Disney's house for the evening party. And I'm sitting there on the lawn having a drink, and he walks up to me and goes, so I heard you're the guy that teaches the history of Disneyland class? I about peed my pants. <laughs> I'm like, you made my childhood magical. Uh, so it was, it was cool. Yeah. It was, it, it's, it's been a wild ride. I used to write about the Christian right, and this is a thousand times more fun. Yeah. A thousand times. Because <laughs> the worst person in the history of Disney was just trying to make the company profitable. Yeah. That was his, that was his crime. Yep. And uh, a thousand times better than anybody on the Christian right. But enough about Mickey Mouse. But enough about Mickey, <laughs> right? So, so let, let's it's actually Pluto. Oh, is uh, it? The, the power behind the throne. Goofy. Yeah, uh, goofy. Yeah. Um, it's all an act. It is. Art of war. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, let's, let's jump in the Wayback Machine then and, and do the big question we always okay. start with, which is what, what brought you to the working at Disney Point? I mean, did you – I mean, obviously oh. childhood, you, you grew up idolizing Condor Man. And uh, all, about, all I, about Condor. And Man. I bet the Michael Keaton movie about his time as Condor Man really was uh, <laughs> uh, was a big. That was right. That was what it was, right? That's definitely what it's it a remake, yeah. a reimagining, reimagining of Condor, Condor Man, Man. Man of after. Um, so that stuck with you. Um, how, how did we get from there to walking into uh, you know Mickey and me? When um, what that class called? Yeah. Disney University. Disney yeah. University. Whatever it was. I, I, worked, yeah. I worked there for a year. I don't even remember. Right? Yeah. Um, when I was – I grew up in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was seven, my sister, who was 16, took me to Disneyland for the day, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And she remembers a lot of it. I remember nothing. I remember one moment. I remember waiting in line in the old queue at Jungle Cruise. And we were the next people to go on the boat. And so the skipper in, in, at the queue was asking us at rear load. was, oh, well, you know, where are you from? And I'm like, Orange. And he just looked at me like – orange it's like why are you here i'm like i don't know my sister just decided to take me and he looks my sister up and down then he kneels down next to me and goes be careful she's going to ask you for something and i remember just thinking okay he's letting me out on a secret and i remember this as clear as a bell i remember at that moment i decided this is what i'm going to do when i grow up mm-hmm. i'm working at jungle cruise and it stayed there my whole life and um in 96 i got accepted to grad school uh, in washington dc and i thought i may never come back to california i'm getting that job and so i went to disney and made a complete pest of myself and i spent the first couple weeks working um uh guest control for Mm -hmm. indy and i was dressed like a skipper because they were all dressed the same and i would just sit there and move the ropes and just watch boats go by and just every time a boat went by my soul was just crushed so you're like i'm so i'm so adjacent to this yeah and so one of the leads 
The guest control lead is like, you know what? You really want that attraction. Let's go get it. And he walked me into the scheduling office. He's like, get him on there. He's like, well, there's no space, blah, blah. And he taps the screen. See that guy? Get rid of that guy. Put him in. And so they deleted this guy, this cast member's name off the computer and typed in my name. That'd be great if you could remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> look at how you ruined his life. Hey, you wonder why you got Toontown? That's, that's the guy. I always wanted to be a skipper. That's, yes. that's the guy who hung himself in that yeah, right? with his bounce house. Yes. For, you know, for some reason, that would make it sweeter. The whole experience. <laughs> Makes it a little bit better if he stood there and cried as I drove by his boat. It's really hard to hang yourself in Goofy's bounce house because you just, just keep on bouncing. You keep almost around. dying. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I worked there for a summer for for about seven or eight months. Mm-hmm. Loved every second of it. And the day I got my first guest compliment was the day I gave my two week notice because I was moving to Washington D.C. Yeah. And um, I have a, a picture in my wallet. Um, it's still the only picture I have in my wallet. But it's from 1996. It's my then-girlfriend, now wife, and I. Mm-hmm. And I used to call this picture my last happy day. Because it's just my wife and I in front of the Mickey Mouse. For those of you at home that can't see, uh, it's, we're saying in front of the Mickey Mouse. Just hold it up to the mic. Okay, yeah. there it is. Can you see? It's the Mickey Mouse topiary. Well, they, they, say, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So, so there it is. I've just yeah. said my piece. And I, I kept this on the wall when I was uh, in grad school. And it would be snowing and miserable and nasty. Back east, and I would just yeah. look at that picture and think, I used to be happy. <laughs> uh, so when I moved back to California, uh, I'll speed it up. I got a I job in Disney friend. Entertainment. One of my wife's friends was a show director. She wrote the Aladdin's Oasis oh, show yeah. that Trevor so famously ruined. Um, but she still <laughs> is one of her favorite memories of all time. So um, She was a very nice lady. Yeah. So I got hired into entertainment from her, and it was funny because all the guys I worked with had all auditioned. And I walked in the first day, like, we don't remember you. I'm like, I didn't. I didn't. I was back east. And so I got to give tours of the Grand Californian to mm-hmm. the press and celebrities. And I got to be in the opening ceremonies for the hotel and mm-hmm. stuff. And um, then I switched over to Jungle Cruise. was one of the few people that wanted to leave entertainment and go to Jungle Cruise. Because you, you knew your destiny. Yeah. And I worked there for three years, three and a half years, and loved every single second of it. Yeah. Got to be a, got to be a trainer. Uh, which I did for a long time, got to be an emergency lead, which I should tell, I should tell the story of that because that was surreal mm-hmm. and bizarre and uh, got to be spend my last summer there writing jokes. Yeah, because yeah, I left before. You, you were there after I left, I think the first time, and then when I came back, you had already gone. Cause yeah. Because I, I, I left in like 05-ish for like a year, year and a half, whatever, whatever that overlap was, you left in that middle gap when I was gone. Yeah, I left in September of 2004. Yeah. When my daughter was born. I'm still a little bitter at her. It's her fault. Yeah. Yeah, just think you can push her into reliving your glory days like every father does. Oh, I'm gonna. There oh, I'm go. gonna. It's it's not beauty pageants. It's skipperism yeah, for her. Yeah, the future. We, we sell a future skipper t-shirt. Do you really? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna take two. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. All right. Um... <laughs> Uh, that's why I built them a fort in the backyard. My girls wanted mm-hmm. one. I said, oh, you're in a Jungle Cruise building. So I built it to look like the Jungle Cruise. And they wanted it Princess Castle. I'm like, beautiful. You yeah. can paint the inside as pink as you want, but the outside's <laughs> going to look like the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Daddy has needs. So, um, uh, so I worked there for years and loved it. And then when I left, I realized I missed getting up in front of people. So I started doing stand-up comedy. And the Skipper Show grew out of that mm-hmm. as another just kind of random accident. And, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that with yeah, more later. depth because yeah, yeah, because because that's a great and that's a good bunch of things to talk yeah. about too. So and then it's grown into Etsy store and it's just it keeps yeah. expanding and expanding in wonderful Books, ways. Media empire, yeah. Pretty soon you'll, soon you'll have a cartoon character that will spawn. Right, that how it works. 
I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, Trevor, are you okay? Are you okay? I mean, I'm just have, for right now, you're my Ed McMahon because we've heard oh, your no, I, I, we've heard your higher. I literally <laughs> was thinking. Oh, I guess I'm the Andy Richter of this yes. episode. Everyone's about to go. Yes. Ah. <laughs> I I was going more yes, old ah. school, but that's okay. Andy's a great guy. It's, um, no, because well, I have I have activities involved for you too. Oh, okay, yeah, there's things for later. So, so, um, so in your process of of while you were working there, um, what was what was the seeds that would you know grow into your you know doing a class and all that? I mean, what was there was there something in particular events or things while you were working there that were particularly inspiring for you? Like to create a class? Well, no, no. Or, well, just in general. I mean, just things that led you, you know, still being enthusiastic about it and keeping the. I mean, what what was what happened while you were working for the company that was? Hmm. I mean, just like good stories. And, yeah. Well, I made it a goal when I got there to be a trainer and a lead, and mm-hmm. so I got to be kind of an emergency one. So I guess I I'm counting that. <laughs> yeah. As being my goal, but it was just I realized it was a special time in my life, mm-hmm. and I knew eventually I was going to get a full time job. I was a part-time professor at a couple different schools, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to work there forever, mm-hmm. and I wanted to just soak all the fun out of it that yeah, I could. You were one of the very few Ph.D. jungle cruisers that we had. I met um, the head of the theme park, uh, the head of the attractions, but he met me and said, you yes. are the most educated person in the entire park, and I felt, thank you, and then I wanted to shoot myself, but uh, it was still okay. <laughs> yeah. And so when I worked there in 96... Uh, we had the guns. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back, we didn't have the guns. And yep. so I've been – and I also got to drive the original boats because mm-hmm. in 96, we still had them. So I had the original smaller boats that had the seat cushions you had to reinstall. Yep. And so when people complain, oh, Disney, oh, the new boats. Well, I go, no, the new boats are better. They're so much less work. Yep. <laughs> and they're so much more reliable. And, and their canopies and, can be rolled up during the – Yes. And I'm a historian, but stop lamenting the past, people. The, certain things are a lot better. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I have – This uh, is better. I, I – you know, look, I, I say that I try to avoid soapboxes, but there's been a few in three and a half years I've jumped on. Uh, I'm I'm really, like, tempted to write, like, an entire 15-minute about nostalgia and how nostalgia is killing the Disney concept. About how everyone is so... Like, this fucking hatbox ghost. It's, it's a character who was there it's, as a blip on the radar right. that people kind of remember that they sandwiched into a show scene that barely makes any sense for him to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and granted... Animation-wise, extremely cool. They did a great job on mm-hmm. it. But it that's not about the Haunted Mansion. That's about a whole bunch of people who had a memory stuck in their head. And then they joined... I'm probably going to cut my own throat with Disney fans here on this comment. But, you know, it, for me, that's not... You know, that's nostalgia jumping in like the Hulk and just, you know, rampaging through your your experience. And I don't think that it brings anything to it for... The greater, you know, populace. I was just having this exact comp right after we went on Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I was like, the Hatbox Ghost is really cool. It clearly is a higher level of technology than anything else in the Haunted Mansion. (laughs) And what sucks is you could make the Haunted Mansion amazing now. Mm -hmm. The the, Mm -hmm. different projection effects available. Oh, oh, so you mean like Mystic Manor over in Hong Kong, which is the most amazing ride that I've ever seen. But if you went in, if Disney came and said, we're pulling out all the mannequins that you can clearly tell are mannequins against a piece of glass, and we're going to put in digital projections. People would lose it. They would would riot in the park. Lose it. But if Walt was around, I hate the, because I hate when people talk for Walt, but... If Please was, go right ahead. But I'm going to talk for Walt. Do it. <laughs> you, you actually have a I YouTube have. number. Of times. 
if he were around, I I have a theory where if he had been around long enough, people would have started to resent him because he would have gladly ripped down attractions yeah. and put in new stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. the point of the place. He, he, you know, people people. I don't want to say people forget. They don't forget. They willingly ignore. The fact that he was a businessman. History is very selective, and so people yeah. remember things they like. But Disney takes great advantage of it. They really promoted the Hatbox Ghost because when's the last new attraction they built? It was Indiana Jones yeah. in '95. Uh, uh, all the other ones, line, right? you, you, well, no, uh, technically Pooh would have been afterwards. Watch but mouth. no, that was, but that was, <laughs> but it was Florida. No, no, Winnie the Pooh here was after Indy opened. It's easy to no, but it was, because it's awful. It was <laughs> yeah. no, I like it, but it you was like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, go no, on there. But, go on there with little kids. No, you got to <laughs> take little kids on to Disneyland. It is like going for the first time. So I see it through their eyes. I'm like, this is pretty trippy. No, 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 no. bonkers. No, here's the thing. We were. I was talking to. I want to say it was Stephanie Grace. We figured out uh, Winnie the Pooh. Okay, you bring an iPod. And you play the Indiana Jones uh, run from the, the attraction, from mm-hmm. Adventure, and you play the soundtrack to the ride, and it syncs up with Winnie the no. Pooh. She said it's like a Dark Side of the Moon story. <laughs> All right, people need to try that at home and then right. post. Yeah. On, that needs to be the, the Tales from the Jungle Cruise experiment of the day. Yeah, because that is... Indiana Jones, I want to know, Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Pooh. Dark, dark Side, side of the, the Dark Side of the Pooh. Oh, that's disgusting. So, <laughs> But this is a cheap way for Disney to promote... Yeah. Itself by doing well, little tiny things yeah, like that. It gets, of things, it gets things excited. Oh, kind of like uh, for the 60th anniversary, taking and revamping the fireworks and parade and world yeah. color rather than doing, you know, yeah. Star Wars land. Yeah, or, rather than doing something huge or they, yeah. yeah. But I, I had um, a friend that was complaining about how commercialized, speaking about people in history and how they don't remember things, <laughs> and about how commercialized Disney is now and everything in there is about a movie and blah, blah, blah. And they, they used to never, I go, they used, used to never do that. She's like, yeah. I'm like, so like, Sleeping Beauty's Castle wasn't promoting anything. They're like, yeah. I go, you know, that was built three years before the movie came out, right? Mm-hmm. Walt built it to promote the movie, right? And, or, and so I point out all these other things that were very early on that people think were... Or DuPont's, right? You know, right? It's and I'm so like, corporate now. I miss the old days of Monsanto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Involved. And so people just don't... It's always been that way. There's always been yeah. that kind of marketing element. And well, other than, and other it's than the Frozen, reason why it's, it's all good. All other than Frozen, it's all good. And so, yeah, but I killed it. I killed it with Frozen. No. Bad-mouthing Frozen. Yeah. You just brought back. Edit that. Memories that Frozen exists. Edit that out. I'm very sorry. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. I didn't mean to bring that up. Um, Just let it go, Dave. Oh, see? You can't bag on it because somebody always says that. Always does that. Always (laughs) does that. Always. Um, Always. Yeah, that movie is really uh, at the base of it just about bad parenting. That really is. Horrific parenting. Oh, yeah. Just remember, if your kids are different in any way, ostracize them. That's my plan. My, yeah. but, but I thank God well, neither one of my but, girls but Trevor, the movie. Trevor, you do that with other people's kids. <laughs> <It's> true, <laughs> the, whole, the, the point is with your own. Well, but please tell you. You sound just like the judge. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, but my it girls is. Didn't but, I mean, care for the movie. But I mean, but you know, people forget things like there was a tobacconist on Main Street. Yeah. Or you know. Yeah. They were. There was. They had a heroin booth for a while. <laughs> opium the 70s. den. Opium. Was a little all Disney's opium Uncle den. Walt's opium <laughs> Uncle Walt's Confucius opium den, <laughs> and um, it was on International Street that they never finished building. But it was all. It was Epcot. It was. You know, it's okay. Yeah. For Epcot. I even pointed out that all of Adventureland was named after the True Life Adventure films. Yep. That today they call Disney Nature. The whole thing was marketing. You just don't. They don't think it is. People are dumb, but well, because it market, would have changed everything. Because well, marketing wasn't have leveled that place by now, but yeah, two but, or three times. Yeah, but marketing wasn't invented until the eighties. 
It's I true. mean, that's 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 not true. no eighteen eighties. Yeah, okay, 18, was was true. it eighteen eighties? Because I watched Mad Men and I thought that was just all a branch of you know. I didn't watch Mad Men. It was already cruising about. That was actually a documentary. Was a lot it? Of people it, don't know. It that. was. It was. It so was. so was Dexter, by the way. Was it <laughs> Dexter's Lab? Yeah. No, just just Dexter. Just Dexter. No. The, the murderer was, where he kills all the Dexter's the, Lab, which is the I, uh, little kid that murders other little kids. Where there were serial killers. Yeah. yeah. I, I was at Home Depot today and I'm looking and going like tarps, ropes. This is where serial killers shop. Yeah, it's, it's a superstore for yeah. serial killers. <laughs> it is. Um, Can't go to Walmart. They have security cameras everywhere. <laughs> you have to unlock the serial killer yeah, booth. They do. Yes. I mean, that's the tough thing is they really can't. They can't change anything. Yeah. They are stuck when it comes to expansion. You know, and much as I, I mean, I wish they would have done things like, you know, the Zorro roller coaster, you know, back where Festival Fool stages or, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. God, the, when are we going to get, it's, it's not going to be a third gate. I think it's going to be, you know, an, an addition to DCA. I, my, my bet is that they're going to build a tunnel from where Malibuomer is over to the parking lot behind the Paradise Pier Hotel mm-hmm. and utilize that property, that parking lot as, mm-hmm. as addition. That's my, you know, crackpot theory. Some people have said that they'll... You level know, Toontown. Level Toontown. Which I've heard floating third gate. It's going to float in the air. Above the air. You know what would be ironic is if they ran the freeway through Toontown to like <laughs> get more space for the rest of the park. <laughs> Just like the movie. Just like the movie. That's theming. That is synergy and that is theming. And I'm so proud. My daughters uh, hate the word theming, though. A whole bunch of executives. They want to put stuff in the background. I'm like, no, that's not themed. That's not appropriately <laughs> themed. To the do, do, do you have your house themed? Do you have different areas? There's way too much Disney stuff in my house. Yeah. The downstairs is all like the Trader Sam mask that I carved and different pictures that I have. Um, and then the backyard is just I, jungle. One of my – this will be – hopefully. Uh, this was one of my like – Good moments that I was just like, God, this doing the podcast is awesome. Uh, it's going up to Kernville and uh, it, in uh, Don Chapman's house, uh-huh. and Don has one cabinet that's all of his Jungle Cruise stuff. It's like, and it's the most beautiful thing that that Don and Lois have this just gorgeous bunch of Jungle Cruise stuff concentrated in this Ooh. one little cabinet. It just oh, you know, his, his name his name tags and mm-hmm. you know the little maquettes that were done of the boat and the the Wellburn ones uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah so I mean just this gorgeous you know all the stuff I've started selling my Etsy stuff I had my very first art mm-hmm. show at the Fullerton Art Experience Art Crawl thing mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and um, uh, I had a guy come in he's like oh I was a skipper and I was there and we sunk a boat I'm like you s- we've never sunk a boat in California Florida he's like yeah we did he goes. It ran off the spur, like it used to connect. You know where the spur is. It used to, you know. Yeah, it was the Maggie. Was the Maggie right? And it was yeah. And he goes, yeah, it was the Maggie. Po- I was there. We poked a hole in it. Yeah. And we, we had to, we got it right backstage, right before the bow went under. I. Uh, <laughs> one so of, I gave my card. I'm like, you sir have to talk to me. One of the, the one of the other interviews. I have to go back and find it. Was actually the guy driving the boat. Oh wow. So I'll, I'll give you. I was the okay. Maggie. It was uh, before they changed everything out. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's now it's funny because you've got and I'll. You know, I'll plug it in the show notes. I've been waiting until we got this together for Synergy to, to put your Etsy store up. Yes. Because you've got some great stuff. But um, it's interesting that between the, the podcast and the T-shirts that, that we're doing and your your Etsy stuff, we picked a group to market to that notoriously has no cash. Because we spent it all on booze. Worst, That's it, why. it is the worst marketing decision that, we, that you could ever make. You know where I sell most of my stuff? Florida. Yeah. Florida and Washington State. For some reason, which makes no sense to me. Washington is my number, my number three state in the, the country for listens. Really? It's I need to interject, amazing. though, to save this. Notoriously, they don't have any money to spend on anything except for books on the Jungle Cruise. Yes. <laughs> why, why would you mention that? 
Sir Trevor. Highly desirable market. Hi, that's what, if I had a choice between like buying diapers for a child or this book, I would the purchase book. this book. You can it, always just take pages out of the it's, book. It's so strange. Or just keep the kid in the yard and hose him down. That's, <laughs> that's, but, that's, but, that's but nature's diaper. But Dr. Marley, I've never heard of this book of which you speak. Perhaps you could educate me. Let me tell you about it. Um, <laughs> I wrote a book uh, a couple years ago that's available for, uh, on Amazon.com for 20 cents. Mm-hmm. Don't want to brag, but there it is. Um, and I, th- I wanted to write a book on Jungle Cruise, and I wanted to make it like a history. And I thought, no one's going to pick this up. And I thought, I should do it like a like a picture book, like a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. And so I was stressing out. I'm like, I can write it. I can't do graphics. I can't do pictures. And then Trevor, we're having lunch. Trevor goes, hey, if you ever need help with this. I went co-author uh, and so he got sucked into doing the other half of it he, but he made it look beautiful yeah um, it works amazing and so we had this beautiful book that I was lucky enough I showed it to a friend of mine that uh, has published some stuff and she said hey I have an agent do you mind if I show this to my agent so I of course said yes and um, now he's my agent and he's shipping Very it cool. around um, to a few other uh, a few publishing presses houses. yeah to see and so I, we had some promising work from him just today so we'll look at uh, the timing. Right? Look at the timing, and so it's it's yeah, it's a beautiful book. It looks fantastic. Trevor actually helped me. I thought I had it planned out how each chapter was going to go, and he's like, "Hey, it'd be easier for me if you did it by decade." I'm like, "Holy crap, that's easier and better." Mm-hmm. And so it just made the whole thing flow. Yeah. And so I've got like over thirty pages written so far. I got a lot of stuff. It's going to be uh, uh, all the Jungle Cruise books. It's going to be the best Jungle Cruise. It's hey. it's I don't want, it's going to be the Citizen Kane of Jungle Cruise yeah, books. Will. I will I'll that, bet money on it. You know, and that's kind of like I always tell people, we are the number one Jungle Cruise podcast <laughs> on the internet. That that is awesome. So and um so far it's called This is uh oh uh was it called the uh History of the Jungle Cruise? No, that's not Skipper's exactly. Night Out. No, Skipper's Night Out. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I I've got banana balls. Is that <laughs> It's the Jungle Cruise. Semicolon. A wild history. Ah. That's right. Oh, the, no, a skipper's eye view of Walt's wildest ride. I will. I will. Uh, there's. I have a lot of reference stuff that Walt's I've gathered in the time ride. that uh, I have. For example, and things that are. I plan to steal liberal from public your podcast. Domain, uh, but we have. <laughs> I have the T-shirts from the uh, 1976 softball team. I have the picture of it. I have a couple Disney lines from the 70s that Ooh. focus on the Jungle Cruise. Uh-huh. And uh, all these things, of course, are public domain. So yeah, yeah. some things we can squeeze in that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, cool. Get some good pictures. We interviewed awesome. a skipper. I, I, I don't know if I haven't talked to you since this one. We had a skipper on whose name is Warren Asa. And Warren has the dubious distinction of uh, being the only person I've interviewed who was working on July 17th, 1955. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was there day one. He That was actually his first day of employment. He wasn't even there to train on any of the other days. Shows up in the morning before the park opens by two hours. They hand him a script. They take him out in the boat once, and they say, learn the script in two yeah. hours yeah. for the first day. There's and your gun. Get out there! <laughs> he, he was serious too. It was. Was it? It was very. Uh, it was a very serious like script. A it, it, it was supposed to be then, educational right? and like frightening. It, and like it, it was. It was. But let me let me burst a myth. There were jokes in it. Yeah, and and that's the thing that everyone I, has this myth that the that the Jungle Cruise early on was one hundred percent nature ride. But Warren was was telling us that they had to have jokes in there to break up the moments because yeah. it was too dry. On a river ride, which and I so, think is hilarious. <laughs> I've seen the early scripts. They used a lot of puns. Yeah. Which but, but, aren't but, but, a comedy. What yeah, but they were told. Only, puns aren't a comedy. But they were told only do one or two 
during the trip because we don't want it to be like you know this, but it's okay to throw in a little bit of personality. Yeah. So yeah, and and it was the only uh, thing at Disney parks before night two thousand whatever it was where they were allowed to have facial hair. Early, oh. early on, the oh. first couple of years, the jungles had were allowed to have goatees only, mm. and they had to be trimmed in an appropriate fashion to the attraction. I did not know that. I knew they used to wear flip flops on the deck. Yeah, on yeah. The deck. We yeah. have some, we have some great pictures. Well, there was a uh, one of the costumes was white pants, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. and then a sarong with like a tie, yeah. a tie thing on the side. Of it. Well, there was um, I don't remember this, but there was a very famous um, costume designer mm-hmm. that Disney hired to do costumes. Each individual boat at the Jungle Cruise was going to have... So if you yeah. were on the Ganges Gal, you were going to wear Indian garb. And if you were on the mm-hmm. Nile Princess, you were wearing Egyptian garb. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine that works at the Animation Research Library got to see all these beautiful, huge yeah. hand sketches for all these costumes that were never made. Yeah. But for each individual boat, but but we, we can ruin the magic. Sometimes skippers yeah. drive two boats at night, yeah. so that would be... What? what? Well, and on top of that, the in a number of time periods, the uh, loaders and skippers were separate employees. Yeah. The, the, the boat loaders on the dock were separate, and now it's all one giant pot of uh, human flesh yeah. that they move around at their whim. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting. You want to see if... If Walt had had the money that he wanted, yeah. Disneyland would have literally exploded people's heads. They would have yeah. walked down Main Street and there would just be it would have been, It would have been like uh, Florida, is there what you're saying. It would, have been, it would have been this place like a Magic but, Kingdom in Florida. But fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, will, but I will say that, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Not... Magic Kingdom's like a fever dream when you go in. It's, like, <laughs> it's like this weird, bizarre well, the pro- Disneyland. The pro- everything's there, but the proportions are right. wrong. So for people who've worked at Anaheim, mm-hmm. the first time you walk into uh, into Orlando, it's like, I-, I must be late for a shift, and I'm still in bed having this awful dream because everything feels stretched, and the yeah. proportions are the same, but the sizes are different, and like things are in slightly different like... places as you wrong. walk down Main Street. Yeah. Because yeah. Walt wanted it to be small from a child's perspective, so it's non-threatening to a child. And then, well, yeah, Florida got all big, but that's not Jungle Cruise either. Well, we're allowed to talk so take, things oh, that okay. are... No, we can talk okay. general Disney stuff, too. Because okay. people who love the jungle also have a begrudging love for the rest of the park. They I mean, shouldn't. No? <laughs> the, 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 I've discovered this in my research, that all of Disneyland was built just as a place to wait for Jungle Cruise. I agree. So you go on it, you go to something else, you come back, if the line's too long, it's all designed around Jungle Cruise. He's yeah. a historian. You can look it up. And I got a, I got a PhD, so that's there. I, means it's true. I agree. <laughs> I've said it from day one. The so Jungle Cruise skippers are, are the linchpin... That holds together everything else. I, I can quote a manager who said, and I quote, that a, a cast member is ruined once they're trained at Jungle Cruise. They're ruined <laughs> for the rest of the park. That's fair. Yeah. 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 And she told me that, and I just went, yeah, that's 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 accurate, and I take great pride in that. Yeah. That we are ruined I, for the rest of the park. And I think I think you'll appreciate this, is now that, that I've, I think it's like uh, 100-ish people that we've interviewed for the podcast, one of the things I've realized is that, you know, we think... From the generation we were, that early aughts thing, we're going like, yeah, you know, we, you know, this is how we were, and this is great. And then I meet guys from the seventies and eighties, and here's a little hint: skippers have always been this way. Oh yeah, there, there's no, I mean, this it's um, the same rock and roll. Uh, so one of the other people I've just had on recently described it as a punk rock attitude. Yeah, uh, that you know that skippers are the are the Ramones of the park. Are the, I, they used to be much wilder too? Yeah, because every generation of skippers thinks they're the best and yeah. they're the most unique. But when I worked in '96, then I came back in 2002. I thought, wow, this place is strict, and every year they got stricter and stricter. Yeah, and but they're I think like, we're a- the best ever. I'm like, you guys are good. Yeah, but in '96 they were freaking hysterical, and then the '70s. 
Yeah, they but, were. But there was off a, the rails. But it's, it's cycles, and I think that yeah. you know management tightens up and loosens, and yep. you know, and things shift. So it, it really is just a giant cycle of, um, yeah, you know the the uh, but, you know, and it's the same thing with you know with with Sue Barnaby and you know the inclusion of women mm-hmm. onto the Jungle Cruise. Uh, everyone's like, oh, it must have been so much better before women were skippers. No, why would you want that? No, why would you want that? Although you know what, beautiful I, women work the jungle. Out of cruise. every place I've ever worked, Jungle Cruise had the most like boys' club atmosphere yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. I've yeah. never been in a place before or since that still, still had that kind of boys' yeah. club mentality. Especially when I worked there in '96, because Sue Barnaby was one of my leads. Yep, and so I was there with the first female skipper. She's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still does even today. Yeah, but but I will say I want to make sure no one misunderstood my sarcasm. Women are fantastic. There are some amazing female skips. We're married to women. We like women. Yeah, women are, women are yes, good. Yes, we are all married to women. We'll soon be married to women. <laughs> You're, you One might day. as well be married to women. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's, you know, there, there's great female skippers, and there's oh, yeah. lousy female skippers, and there's lousy male skippers. It's, it's not a gender thing for who is enjoyable to be on the ride with. No. Although when I was a trainer, I had to train the, the women differently than the men. Uh, well, it's it's different. Of, it's different pacing, different delivery. Yeah, because men can get away with being sarcastic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, it was one of the days when I was emergency lead, and I was there at the shipping office trying to tap my pencil like Jerry York. And this woman gets off the boat and walks over to me and goes, "You need to fire that bitch." Whoa! And points at the skipper, and the skipper's eyes were big, and I'm, it was a newer one. I'm like, I'm like, move it up, move it up, move it up. I'm like, well, well what's the what's the problem? She's like, she's me fired, and then she told a joke that was right out of the script. I'm like, oh, that's. Right out of the script. Well, she's a sarcastic bitch for saying that. I'm like, that, that's in the script. It's yep. not anything that she did wrong. And so that's when I began to train women a little bit differently mm-hmm. because you can, for some reason, and it was mostly women I found that complained about yeah. female skippers, which I find bizarre. But, you know, and that's, I think I've, uh, it's a horse that I've, that I've kicked a few times, but, you know, you either have, um, Johnny Marr. <laughs> women either come off as, bubble-headed, which is safe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or they come off as sarcastic, which is bitchy, which is not good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a really, like, weird ground of places that that guys can go in certain ways and women can't. Yeah. But my one of my favorite, favorite uh, girls ever was from the 90s, 95, 96-ish, when I went, came down, and she uh, did everything deadpan. She was a little short girl with long black hair, braided, totally white, pallid skin, and did mm-hmm. it all deadpan. There was no emotion or anything in her voice, and she just rocked it out of the park. It wow. was it was Wednesday. Adams rides drives the Jungle Cruise. Oh, it was, was amazingly great. funny. So, um, so w- while you were there, uh, you obviously you know working in the training side of things and all that gives you the exposure to all kinds of. Uh, I'm looking for stories, David. I'm looking okay. for you know. I, I'm trying to push him. some papers here. I'm trying I got to. Him. I got him. What do you want? I made time made a trainee throw up. That's a good one. Oh, that's or good. emergency lead story because that's one of my favorites. I, I, yeah, well, please tell it me your you favorite story. Well oiled machine of Disney marketing. Whale oil. Well oiled. Okay. And I might use whale oil. They got the back half of Monstro somewhere. <laughs> right? If they blew his tail off. So he sneezed. All he right. sneezed, and that's what it's and that's what happened. Um, well, I'll do the trainee story first. So you have trainees. Takes three days to get trained at Jungle, and the first day is usually Friday, very early in the morning, like five a.m. You get there. And you meet him at the back. And so I've been a trainer for like a year or so. And um, these two trainees come up and they seem like they knew each other. and But yet they wouldn't really talk about it. But I found out later they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And they were being trained together. And Disney usually separates them. If they know. Yeah. And so I thought that's really unusual. And um, 
they both wanted to be animators. And so obviously the way to be an animator is to work at Jungle That's Cruise. That's a clear career path. Um, it's happened to so many of us. It's hap- well, it happened to John Lasseter. So when it happens, it happens big. Yeah. So John Lasseter... Yeah. So it happens <laughs> once. So happens. <laughs> Happening once is a trend. Yes, yes. And so this is before Pixar was huge, though, right? So mm-hmm. it was, well, we're all in line to run Pixar. We are. Steps yeah. down. Yeah. I'm 47th. I don't know what you where you guys are on the ranking, so to take over. I'm, I'm guessing fifth. Which, <laughs> that's where you should be. That's my at, guess. At least fifth. So, um, so they're... He's okay at it. She's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, first day is kind of rough. Second day was rough. Third day was rough. And you, uh, but they were ready to take the test where you bring in a manager mm-hmm. and the manager watches them do everything. And once the manager's happy, then they get signed off and they're real skippers. And um, I was still worried about him because that's where my hubris comes in. I, I wanted trainees that people would, because if you screwed up, they would say, who trained you? Which was basically saying, your trainer sucks. And I didn't want that. Uh, so we were at dinner and I'm, and I'm, you know, quizzing him and all this stuff, and I said, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go back to the dock. Each of you are going to do one more trip, and you're going to do all this stuff for me. And when I'm happy, then I will get a manager. Because they both say, we're ready, we're ready. I'm like, no, you're not. But when I'm happy, then I will allow it. Mm-hmm. And so we go back to the dock, and I said, go here, grab a setup, pull out a boat. And the guy goes, would, you, would it be okay if you pulled out a boat if we went and had a smoke? And I sat there in my brain. I went, just oh, make him get in the boat. But I said, no, no, that's, that's, that's cool. Let's go, go have a smoke. I'll pull the boat out. So I get the, all the equipment and get the boat out. And they hop in. And he does his trip with guests on it. And it was awful. He ran the squirter. So I had to run along the, the length of the boat, running down the boat between guests with my clipboard, hitting the water so it wouldn't splash guests. <laughs> he blows a bunch of jokes. He was awful. Really, really bad. And we get back to the dock. And his girlfriend gets up, and she'd been a nightmare. She hadn't remembered it once all the way through. So we get to the gorilla camp, right? Gorilla camp. There's explosions. There's gorillas. There's a jeep up. There's stuff to look at. She pulls up there with the microphone in her hand, looks at me sitting next to her, and says, so everybody can hear it, what do I say here? (laughs) And I just sat there with my head in my hand. I was like, really? Mm -hmm. I just... Move it up, move it up, move it up. And she was to the point where her voice was cracking and sounded like she was going to cry by the end of it. It was the worst trip I'd ever seen. So we're there. It unloaded. It was late at night. They get off. You know, everybody gets off the boat, and they're sitting there, and her hands are visibly shaking. And I was trying to calm down because I'm usually a pretty calm guy. So I just go, let me ask you two a question. Remember when you went in the back and you, you had a smoke break while I was pulling the boat out? They said, yes. I go, were you two smoking crack? Because those were the worst two trips I have ever seen at the Jungle Cruise. And as soon as I said, the girl dropped the microphone, burst into tears, ran off the dock. And she ran backstage. And as soon as she got backstage, I heard, and you could hear it hitting the water in the back of Jungle Cruise. And this is why I'm going to hell. I sat there and I went, oh, my reputation's good. And, and so she never came back. Um, and I called the manager. He's like, how's it going? I went, Toontown. And that's all I said. He's like, all right, tune down. And he came down. She spent 45 minutes sitting on a stair in the back uh, off stage, crying and sobbing and repeatedly throwing up. Uh, and so she was done. And, um, but they're animators today. They work for Pixar. He's, she's, oh, number, she's number three in line. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and so the best part about it, I'm like, that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm a badass now. The next Friday comes around, I have new trainees. And I don't know how they knew this. But I'm sitting there at the curb waiting for them, and they both walk up, and they had their costumes on, which meant they knew what they were doing. They weren't like, I'm prepared. They walk up, hi, I'm David, I'm your trainer. And they went, are you the guy that makes people throw up? And I tried really hard not to smile, and I went, when I say be funny, you better be funny. And they were the best trainees. They were awesome.